Okay, thank you for joining us uh, here at At The Well for our weekly foundational class. And the subject that we were tackling is forgiveness and the importance of forgiveness. And I'm going to recap a little bit uh, as we have been discussing kind of the definitions and how it uh, is uh, relating to us. It's very important. And you're going to see that our relationship with God is really and truly affected by forgiveness or unforgiveness. Um, and so we start at the basic end, and, uh, and that is the definition of forgiveness in the Greek, um, and that is uh, aphesis, uh, and it means a sending away. Uh, it also means a letting go. Notice I'm starting each of these with the letter A, a release, a pardon, and a complete forgiveness. And so what that means to us is that these descriptive um, uh, uh, items are a thing. It's a real thing. It is a, like, I've got a car. I have a home. It's, all, it's a, de, a, a defining thing. So uh, forgiveness is attached to an actual releasing, if you want to call it energy, a, a, a negative uh, something in your life, it is a thing that is plaguing you. Uh, and so that's unforgiveness. So, uh, which is the opposite of what all of these things, it's a sending away, uh, the, the, uh, the uh, opposite would be a keeping, uh, a letting go, uh, would be a not letting go. You see where I'm going with this. And so we look at the first, uh, the first scripture, and that is First uh, John chapter, uh, chapter 1, of verse nine, and we have to take a look at two scriptures uh, before we can go further, because we're going to take a look at a at a larger scripture, and we're going to really see the heart of the Father in action. So, the uh, First John chapter one verse nine says this: If we freely admit that we have sinned and confess our sins, we have to. I'm going to stop right there because the the, the Amplified Bible says freely. Well, then that means that there is something there that's affecting this, if we freely admit or maybe pridefully retain or fleshly retain that we have sinned and confessed our sins, then there's nothing there for us. So the Word of God is saying, if you freely admit that you have sinned and confess your sins, then he, the Bible says He is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and cleanse us continually from all unrighteousness. And so there is a basis here that we're looking at divine forgiveness. There is a divine forgiveness element that is in motion. The motion was set forth by the blood that was ex uh, expended at the cross at Calvary. And it's all for um, the restoration of uh, a man in the presence of God. So what we're talking about is righteousness. So when you are unforgiving, you are not right with God because he, his, his son expended his blood at Calvary. And so what you want to do is become righteous before God. It's not enough to say, Jesus, you're my Lord and my Savior, because anybody can mouth these things. But it is in the heart that, that God sees the truth. And it's, the scripture is very clear about that. So somebody that argues, 
well, you, you know, what they did to me and what, what, what was said to me, it's affected me. And we're talking, it, it's never like yesterday. Uh, it, it's really affected by time. Uh, and so this is last year. Uh, this is two years ago. This is last decade. Uh, and so we're, we're looking at a complete forgiveness. Luke chapter 6, verse 37, uh, we, we cannot forget that. It says, do not judge others and you will not be judged, dot, dot, dot. Do not judge others, and you will not be judged. And what's the opposite uh, opposite of that? If you do judge, uh, judge others, then I'm going to judge you. And do not condemn, or you will be condemned uh, for your hypocrisy. And that's important, because in the other translations, that is eliminated. But in the Amplified, that is included, because in the Greek, the Greek is very descriptive. Why will I be condemned for your hypocrisy? What does that mean, hypocrisy? That means you said Jesus is my Lord and Savior. It was okay for Jesus to die for your sins, but not for you to forgive others or, or not judge others based on what, was, what, what has happened. And so that's very important for the Christian mind in, in the, the, these days to understand. It's not enough to say, I, I gave my life 30 years ago. If your life is filled with hurts and unforgiveness from other people that you have, please don't tell me that you've let go if you're bringing it up every single week or every opportunity, because then that means that anvil, and I describe it as an anvil around your neck, because God is expecting you to progress in your faith, but you can't progress in your faith because you are so heavy with all of these hurts and these things that are just uh, on you right now so you you can't run the race so running the race is a motion going forward it, it is a lightness of foot running a race i've never seen a a runner run with baggage they don't carry their baggage and they don't carry anything on their shoulders because they want to become the lightest as, as, as possible so what what he's saying here to us is you better check your walk check your walk. It's not enough to have words that indicate something. These have to be followed by actions that mean something. And so we're, we're going to go to our second part of this uh, study of this uh, a study of scripture uh, based on this uh, topic, uh, because it is, it's very important, especially in these days when God is expecting you to run forward and you can't move forward uh, because you're still kind of looking at the past. Uh, and so we'll tackle this by, by getting an understanding of Matthew chapter 18, uh, verses 24 to 34. What, is, what does God say about this? And he's given us a very clear indication of what is uh, possible, uh, what, what is possible, the, the end result, and it, it's not necessarily a good thing, uh, as we shall see. But anyway, because God's giving us warning. He's giving us warning of the heaviness of unforgiveness. I know we started off talking about the de definition of forgiveness, but go ahead and put un in front of everything, un in front of everything, because that is really the descriptive nature of unforgiveness. Okay, so uh, Matthew chapter eight, 18, verses 24 to 34 says this. When he began the accounting, one who owed him 10,000 talents was brought to him. And so we understand that, and I, I'm sure that, that there are people out there 
that remember uh, the hurt uh, that other people have uh, left uh, or, or given them, the words that they said. And here we're, we're looking when he began the accounting. Well, in the, in the scripture, he was accounting with the servant, what somebody owed him. And that's no different than me remembering what somebody did to me. I'm bringing this as a tally into my present. I'm thinking about what I should have said. I should have said something to them. I want to, I want to make it clear, but I didn't. And so this festers in the Christian mind, in the Christian heart. And so we remember the, the tally of another person's debt against us. Uh, verse 25. But because he could not repay, his master ordered him to be sold. Because the individual couldn't, they, they said, sorry, but maybe you didn't, maybe you didn't hear it. Maybe you didn't understand it. Maybe you didn't, uh, uh, you know, th think it was authentic enough. It had, it had criteria based on it, or maybe you, it never came because here we says, because he couldn't pay it. So he didn't have any money and they didn't have anything to say, I'm sorry with, uh, that had any power over this, de this uh, demonic spirit that attacks Christians. His master ordered him to be sold. Okay, uh, with his wife, let me see here, with his wife and his children and everything that he possessed, everything that he possessed, he had an inability to satisfy a debt. And that makes it very important to understand that an inability, this, regardless of what they said to you, that regardless of how many times they said, I'm sorry, regardless of what they give you, that hurt is there because you have welcomed it in. So regardless, even if they said, I'm sorry, a thousand times, really, you are in possession of this. You are holding on to this thing because there is an inability to satisfy the debt that, is, that, that you perceive within you. This is the power of unforgiveness. If that, that unforgiveness is there, it becomes a debt. And what happens to a debt that you don't pay? It goes to the collector, the collection agency, and they start charging you interest. And over the years, that interest translates into even more unforgiveness. Well, it doesn't affect them because most likely they're out of the picture, but you're the one that's taking this with you wherever you go. This is the, 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 the sad thing about unforgiveness is that people are melding, they're, they're mixing this in with their, spiritual, uh, with their spiritual walk. Verse 26, so the slave fell on his knees and he begged him saying, have patience with me and I will repay you everything. A promise to satisfy a debt sometimes works and sometimes doesn't. And in this particular case, it's, it's not going to work. I want my money now. I, I, I want some kind of a I'm sorry that really translates into something that was going to release this thing. But because I'm holding on to this thing for so long, it's become part of me now. It's going to take a real big thing, a real big spiritual uh, involvement or uh, interjection from you in order to make me release this thing or give me the opportunity to release this thing. and. Typically, it's not. It's never done. Verse 27. And his master's heart was moved with compassion, and he released him. So this is part one here. 
and he released him. So this particular guy uh, that he owed, uh, he released him and forgave him concerning the debt. So whatever he owed him, he released him, which tells us there are some people who are authentically hurt by other people, by other Christians, but they accept the I'm sorry, because we're talking about the spiritually mature. This master that was moved with compassion, I'm understanding, is the spiritually mature Christian. They're, they're, they're able to say, oh, you know what? Okay, I, I realize. Go ahead. No problem. You're, you're still my brother. You're still my sister in Christ. We say words that we don't mean. We realize these things afterwards. So in this particular case, the only way that that would happen is by compassion is the spirit of compassion. And who is the spirit of compassion? The Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of compassion. And we are, we, we look at that, at that because you can't move with compassion unless the Holy Spirit is present. And if you move with compassion, it could, because in this case, we see that the lien holder, the person that was, was due the debt was compassionate enough to release that individual from his or her debt, just like a, a an authentic apology uh, moves somebody uh, to, to tears. So, and, and we understand that Second Corinthians chapter two verses ten th uh, through eleven. I won't go into that. Look it up on, on your own on your own time. But but like Jesus, our debt, the the debt that we owed. Uh, the debt that was upon us uh, for being man, uh, the debt because we were living in a world that did not know God, and that debt of sin and disease was canceled at the cross. So if Jesus went to the cross and died for our, our sin and disease, we must do the same as we read in Scripture in releasing someone from the debt of, uh, of of whatever they whatever they've said to us, because it becomes a spiritual uh, weight, and that prevents our uh, our progression, our movement forward. So let's let's read chapter uh, verse twenty eight. But that same slave went out and found one of his fellow slaves, who owed him a hundred denarii. Okay, so the, it wasn't enough that the uh, that the master that he owed uh, released him. Now he's trying to find well, who, who owes me stuff? You, you, you know, all these things that come up in our lives, and, and let's say somebody uh, th there's an authentic hurt and it comes in with an authentic apology, and uh, the the other person releases us from that debt, just as these, uh, Jesus did of releasing us at that debt of that debt. And then all of a sudden, we start finding other people that have hurt us, uh, and, and so we all of a sudden forget not only the scripture, but we forget that we need to do the same, uh, because one thing that gets in the way is the spirit of pride. So when pride enters. Uh, the picture at this point, we start operating in a different manner, in a different way, and the spirit of compassion, just like the one who released the debt, who released the, the the slave of what he owed him, can operate because we're paying attention to the flesh, and to emotions, and to a 
uh, a mindset that is developed by the world, we can no longer hear the spirit of compassion. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32 uh, says this, be kind and helpful to one another, tender-hearted, compassionate, understanding, forgiving one another, just as God in Christ also forgive, uh, forgave you. This is another confirmation, another remembrance, uh, uh, another piece of scripture uh, crying out from the, the eons, from the beginning of time, saying, remember, God forgave you through Christ. God forgave you because of the action of Jesus going to the end. How dare you not do the same by simply forgiving, truly, authentically forgiving without any qualifiers. But we know that we, we as people, mankind, is very proficient in adding qualifiers onto everything that we do. Uh, and that's usually operate, uh, comes forth by the word if, because I'm always saying if is the biggest little word in the Bible, uh, but it's also the biggest little word in our lives. If you help me, I'll help you. If you forgive me, I might forgive you. Then and there's conditions within that. Well, if you if you help me with this and maybe you participate in that. And so we have to live our lives. And that is an unhealthy way towards uh, towards forgiveness. So we look at verse 29. Uh, and he, he contained the word continues. So his fellow slave fell on his knees and begged him earnestly. Have patience with me, and I will repay you. But he was unwilling. He was asking for help. He was saying, look, I'm sorry. I, I just need some more time. I'm going to. He didn't say, I can't pay you. He said, I will repay you as long as you have patience with me. So there's a, 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 an extended arm reaching out. And he says, but he was unwilling. Regardless of what the slave said, he was unwilling. The heart was, the, whenever the heart is unwilling, there will be no compassion. You, you can't be unwilling and be compassionate. So he was, un, he was uncompassionate, and he went and had him thrown in prison until he paid back the debt. So he wasn't even open to giving him time. Sometimes we're very uh, impatient when it comes to that with people. It's easier to beep, unfriend. It's easier to beep, put everything that they send you in spam. It's easier to beep, uh, block them on your phone than it is to give them a chance. And here the slave represents us uh, failing to give a chance to our fellow brothers and sisters when, when forgiveness or unforgiveness is right on, uh, on the table. Uh, verse 31, when his fellow slaves saw what had happened, they were deeply grieved, and they went and they reported to their master, the master with, with the compassion, the master that released him from his debt, uh, and with clarity and in detail, that they were very explicit, and everything that had taken place. So our forgiveness, and this is a translation here, is that our forgiveness is seen, uh, or our unforgiveness, is seen by our Father in heaven. So 1 John chapter 4, verse 20 says this, if anyone says, I love God, and this is, this is uh, a very 
uh, I want to say scary, especially if you're you're not paying attention to this, uh, then it's a scary scripture for you. Uh, But if uh, we're reading this from the perspective of understanding, this is a powerful, powerful scripture to understand so that we can teach others the importance of true, authentic forgiveness. He says, if anyone says, I love God, a lot of people say they love God, and they hate and hates uh, his brother, he is a liar. And in the Amplified, he's talking to Christians. He's not talking to the unsaved because they're the ones that they don't know Jesus. They don't know the word. They don't know anything. So we're lumping them over there. In the Amplified, he's talking to the Christian. So the Christians got the problem. You would think the Christian would help, would not have a problem, but the Christian has a problem. And his brother, he is a liar. For the one who does not love his brother, whom he has seen, cannot love God whom he has not. And so he's speaking explicitly to the Christian, and the Christian needs to understand the power that is within forgiveness and the danger, the destruction that is within unforgiveness. And so we continue with um, with verse 32. Then his master called him and said to him, you wicked and contemptible slave, I forgave all that debt of yours because you begged me. God sees your unforgiveness. As wicked and contemptible, there are no ifs, ands, or buts about it. There is nothing good from this condition aside from making us feel empowered. When we don't forgive and we operate in that unforgiveness mode, even though we're lying to ourselves and we say we have forgiven, we kind of repeat the things that people have done to us over the course of a lifetime over the course of time and we always manage to 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 jump into that real deep dark place and kind of let them know you know i was hurt you should have heard them say this to me you should have seen what they did uh and and how they i was forgotten or how i was mistreated all of this uh is basically falling in to this this gray area this this mire uh and that that we need to repent from this and we need to forgive what we have not forgiven. Even though, you know, I'm always saying we need to look into us as the vessel. Nobody can make me see this. They can tell me of things that I need to do and I can look into that place, but I'm the one that's going to have to look. It's, it's a real place to me. It's a real place to us. So this is where we, we take that real big step and, and we're looking into this um, into this well that we are, and that we have to make sure that it's clean and that it's not stagnant, that that it's still moving and it's fresh because God wants us in a particular condition that unforgiveness will never get us to be. So let's continue with uh, verse um, uh, 33. I, I just want to focus on, should you not have had mercy on your fellow slave? He's bringing this condition on 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 uh, in, in the form of a question. He's saying, uh, as I had mercy on you, he said, you should look at yourself. Shouldn't you acted 
uh, shouldn't you act it with this person the way I treated you? But you didn't. Jesus is saying to us, I've given you all the tools that are necessary for to bring this condition up to you because I really can't use you in any other condition. You have to be forgiven. Uh, I forgave you. I died for you. So you need to forgive those who owe you. And they owe you a spiritual debt uh, so that this exemplifies your understanding of what Jesus, what the, the master actually did for the slave. Um, in fact, uh, Matthew 18, 35 says, my heavenly father will also do the same to every one of you. If each of you does not forgive his brother from your heart. There, this is a very powerful powerful understanding of a very simple simple thing but when the flesh gets in and the flesh gets in because either tradition or mechanics or the same old same old we're doing the same old same old that we always did because this is our routine it, your, your body your spirit becomes numb to the fact that you have really you're un, you're unforgiving of, of other people uh, and then what's even worse is that there are parameters that you have set up. Well, for my Christian brother, I forgive him 100%. But for my Christian sister, well, I don't like the way she spoke to me, so I'm only going to, uh, I'm going to make it, you know, a little more difficult for her. Uh, I won't completely forgive her. She's, so all of a sudden, we, we're complete, uh, we're treating each other with forgiveness differently, depending on the person. So there are levels, there are grades to forgiveness, when in fact the Bible is teaching us, no, no, you're completely wrong. There's only one form of forgiveness. And that form of forgiveness is the release, a pardon, a letting go. It's, you have to let it go. So that, that way it becomes, uh, it, it's, it's further and further away from you to one day you realize there's nothing there anymore. There's how, how silly I was at the time, but you know, hindsight, this is why God gives us the power of hindsight so that we can remember, this is how I used to be, but this is how I am now. This is the direction I used to come from or, or was going, but God says, I want you in this direction. I want you do, going towards the right because you're running a race that is uh, that cannot contain this uh, unforgiveness uh, in, in your life. And then finally, um, you know, the, 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 in verse 34, the Bible says, and in wrath, uh, this this should scare anybody. Uh, this should really bring anybody uh, like to stop dead in their tracks. In in and in his wrath, his master turned him over to the torturers until he paid all that he owed. There is a heavy price for uh, to, for for uh, to pay for not forgiving others, and the master is God. The master is the father, and he will turn us over to that which will torture, that which will make us pay what we did not allow others either to repay or forgive others because Jesus went to the cross and spilled his blood for complete forgiveness. I have three supporting scriptures, and, and then we'll close. Uh, Matthew chapter 6, verse 15, but if you do not forgive others, nurturing your hurt and anger with the result that it interferes with your relationship with God, then your Father 
will not forgive your trespasses. Uh, so unforgiveness affects, this is scripture, this is not me, unforgiveness affects my relationship in forgiveness. If my father forgiving me, well, what about the blood, Jesus? Uh, Rick, you, you know, everything, everything, the, the Bible says, you know, that the blood forgave me. Yes, but you're, you're excluding yourself. God's not excluding you. Uh, the blood's not excluding you. Your behavior is excluding us. It's, it's what we will not do uh, it, it, it is, is important. And this is what scripture wants us to know is that you can't get any closer to God. That's what Matthew 6.15 says. You can't get any closer with your relationship with God if you have not forgiven because your father is not going to forgive you your trespasses. And finally, Matthew chapter 6, verse 12. And forgive us our debts. Very common, very popular prayer. And forgive us our debts. As we have forgiven our debtors. Letting go of both the wrong and the resentment. So that we can move forward and progress forward so that we can, we can arrive at a place where we are strong Christians, where we can finally realize we're victorious Christians, and all of this affects our faith in serving God, our Father. That's what I have for you tonight. Do you have any uh, questions? All right. Yeah.